You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. Well, who doesn't love a good BOGO deal, right? For today's episode, we have two guests with us who happen to be moms of twins. And we thought it would be fun and hopefully a little informative to talk through some real life of what it's like to raise two at once. Yes, I'm so excited about this conversation. It's going to be really fun to talk about this. I think so too. So we thought it would be fun to just go through some famous twins Mm -hmm. from modern and ancient history. So we got to start with Mary-Kate and Ashley. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was my kid's childhood. (laughs) So many Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen videos. And there is Sir and Rumi Carter, who's Beyonce's twins, right? Queen Bee. 2017, mm-hmm. Dylan and Cole Sprouse, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Yeah, remember that from Disney the 90s? Channel. <laughs> uh, Robin and Maurice Gibb, they created the Bee Gees. So none of our listeners probably know them no. except us, but trust us, they're yeah, twins. They're, they're twins. And then Scarlett Johansson has a twin brother named Hunter. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jenna and Barbara Bush, daughters of the former U.S. President George Bush and Laura Bush. And then these are interesting. Scott and Mark Kelly, twin astronauts who were selected by NASA to study the influence of microgravity, radiation, and confinement in long-duration spaceflight. So Scott was chosen for a year-long mission to the International Space Station, leaving his brother a genetic copy of himself down on Earth. Yep, I remember that. That was totally cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleopatra and Mark Antony had twins. Did you know that? I did not until I started researching. Yeah, that's cool. They were officially recognized by their father three years later when Antony returned to Antioch. Uh, and then also, of course, Jacob and Esau. Famous, yes, famous the, twins the, from Genesis. The famous twins from Genesis who struggled in the womb. Yeah. And definitely out of the womb <laughs> as so well. Maybe we'll hear a little bit about that today from our two guests. I hope so. And Renee, I don't know if you remember, but when we first had our children... Kenny and Bobby McCahey, I think that's how you say it, McCahey. McCahey. Yes, had, um, in 1997, they had, I think the first healthy septuplets that were born. I freaked. Yeah, I I know, because we were raising our one. I was having one child, and I was like, you could have seven. And I'm watching this seven (laughs) unfold on the screen. Okay, well, well, today, we just have twin moms, so... They're not quite up to this par of the sevens, right? But they're way past you and me with our little singletons. So I feel like for moms who juggle two or more at once, it's like that song, anything you can do, I can do better. (laughs) So maybe they don't feel that way. But when it comes to comparing what we had to handle with just one baby or toddler or young child, it feels like they've truly got it going on. Really, it does. We're we're in awe of you. So we have two guests today mm-hmm. on our show. Abby Rosser, who's been on our show before. She was um, on our adoption episode and talking to your kids about race. And her first pregnancy was twin girls. Welcome back, Abby. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, just for the guests who didn't hear those episodes and don't know about you. Sure, absolutely. Um, I have been married to my husband, Brent, for 24 years. We have four kids. We have Ella and Lucy, who we will do a deep dive on them in just a minute. And um, then we have two sons, Knox and Ezra. I have a degree in elementary education, and I've used that to teach and to write curriculum. And um, I do some writing now, and I'm also the assistant director of our Mother's Day Out program at our church. Awesome. Whew, you're busy, girl. Yeah, you got a little bit happening <laughs> in your life. And then our other guest is Lindsay Russell. Lindsay, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I have been married to my husband, Seth, for almost 12 years. We have seven-year-old twin girls, Quinn and Eden. Um, I have graduate degrees in both uh, mental health, community counseling, and school counseling. My husband, Seth, was military for nine years active duty so we've moved all over the country um and are very happy to have finally settled in murfreesboro (laughs) and stay put for more than 15 months at a time yes we're glad you're here too we are glad you're in murfreesboro too so your twins are seven yes and abby your twins are how old now they are they'll be 20 this year oh lots of different experiences (laughs) that's great that's great so there's in the united states three percent of pregnancies 
are twins. And the, I think that number has been growing because more women are having babies at later ages and then they're using fertility assistance, which of course increases your chances. Uh, but let's do some definitions at this point. So there's a couple different kinds of twins, right? Yeah, there's identical twins where one egg splits and develops into two identical copies with exactly the same genetic information. So you can't have a boy and a girl identical twin. Actually, every woman has a 1 in 250 chance of having identical twins. And I was surprised to read that it's not based on history or genetics. Right. It's just flip of the coin. You could have had twins, 1 in 250 chance. That's, That's so cool. Yeah. It's kind of exciting. So fraternal <laughs> is different than identical. You're still having two babies, but there's two separate eggs that are fertilized at the same time. They might look similar. They might not, just like regular siblings. Um, they're just born at the same time. You can have two boys, two girls, or one of each. Yeah, and then there's the other stuff you learn on the internet. Yeah, which is weird. <laughs> like the conjoined super, why did you make me read these, Bonnie? Super fecundic, super fecundation? Super fecundation is when you have twins, but they're from two different dads. Because you might have released <laughs> two eggs, and then they both get fertilized at the same time, but not by the same person. That has happened. Um, it's kind of rare. And then superfetation is when, say, you're eight months pregnant with a baby, a single baby. You release another egg. You get pregnant again while you're eight months pregnant, and you have two no. different gestating babies. Oh, oh and listen to Abby. She says no. <laughs> yes. So that's also, thankfully, very rare, but it can oddly happen. Wow. So there you go. Weird and different information. Well, you maybe should have done a warning at the beginning of this episode. If you're pregnant right now, don't listen. Yeah, Skip don't ahead out. to minute seven. <laughs> Yikes. Oh. So in 25 to 30% of twin pregnancies, each baby is going to have its own sac and placenta. And that often results in identical twins being mislabeled as fraternal. So Lindsay, tell us about that. Well, um, I my girls were in two separate sacs with two separate placentas. So my whole pregnancy, they told me I was having fraternal twins. So when we found out it was two girls, we didn't it could have been anything and right. so we were like oh okay cool but we still had no idea they were born we were told they're fraternal twins the doctor commented wow they look so much alike mm -hmm. they were both five pounds five ounces and 17 inches long exactly but we were still told they were fraternal when they were 12 weeks old and i still couldn't tell them apart because not even mom can <laughs> Um, we broke down and did a DNA test because we just needed to know what kind of road was ahead of us. And um, turned out that they were identical twins. All along. Wow. All along. That's so funny you didn't find out until after they were born that they were identical. Quite a while after. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my goodness. That's crazy. And Abby, what were yours? Are yours identical? No, definitely not. They... Um they have looked alike, I mean, look different from each other from the get-go. Um, yeah, so no, no one has ever thought they were identical. I did have one person one time ask me if they were maternal, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know if they were <laughs> I think they meant to say fraternal. <laughs> they're at least 50% maternal, right? Yeah. Exactly. I, I guess. I hope so when they're moms. They'll be maternal. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But right now, they're zero, so I'm not sure. <laughs> That's right. Zero. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So, okay, let's talk about being pregnant with twins. Growing a whole human being is hard on your body, as we can all attest to. Right. But growing two, can you just walk us through kind of what that feels like? We'll start with you, Abby. What did it feel like? Yeah, well, and so um, when I got pregnant with the girls, I had had a miscarriage just before that. And so, you know, one of the things, I don't know if people ask you this, Lindsay, all the time, but people always ask me, do twins run in your family? All the and time. I'm like, I don't even know if that's a thing. But I, it really did. I was completely caught off guard when it turned out that we were pregnant with twins because I had had a miscarriage, like I said, before I had the girls, and it, it had taken us a little while to get pregnant. And so then when we went in, um, I, I was actually having a little spotting. And so I went in and I thought I was having another miscarriage. Like I, I was, I had just gotten a positive test and then I started spotting. And so I thought, you know, I'm, I'm losing a baby again. And I was just heartbroken. So Brent went with me to the appointment 
and um, they did an ultrasound. And at the time, my husband Brent was in medical school. Oh, oh, he was a resident at the time, so he was already he was um, had graduated from medical school, and so he knew how to look at stuff. And I pretended like I knew what that ultrasound and you know like with all the little jibbity things moving around and fluctuating. I pretended like I could see stuff, but my thought was that that the doctor was going to tell us that that there was no viable pregnancy. So the very absolute last thing I thought the doctor was going to say was that there were two of them. <laughs> and so that's what the, you know, the person who was reading the ultrasound, she said, I'm not supposed to tell you this. The doctor's supposed to tell you this, but I'm just going to let you know that there are two of them. And my first thought was like two heads or, oh, no. you know, I didn't know. I didn't know because I just wasn't, Brent was, had this dumbfounded expression on his face. And I'm just bawling, crying about it. But it turned out that we were, having twins and so we decided that we wouldn't tell anyone that we, we we were like you know let's wait to get to like 13 weeks to make sure everything's okay because we were still a little bit you know gun shy from that um having that miscarriage and so we went to eat right afterwards we went to a mexican restaurant and i went in to wash my hands and this woman was washing her hands at the sink next to me that i didn't know and i told her i was having twins <laughs> for five minutes way to go you lasted what a whole 30 minutes good for you but but after that, I didn't tell anybody. I, I came and sat down at, you know, at our table and Brent was, and I was like, oh, Brent. And he's like, what happened? I said, I just told this woman that we're having twins. He said, you saw somebody in the bathroom you knew? I was like, no, she's a stranger. <laughs> so, but I, I just needed to get out of my system because I was in so much shock. But in terms of the pregnancy itself, for me, um, actually my pregnancy with Knox, who's three years younger than them, was harder for just various, just, they were just, I fell down the stairs when I was pregnant with him. I thought I lost him. I mean, like this, like a lot of things happened when I was pregnant with Knox. With the girls, I mean, I don't know. I was younger. I was, you don't know what's what, you know, after I had them, I actually had some retained placenta um, during the labor that turned into a bad infection. And so I had to go back and have, when they were like six weeks old, I had to have a DNC done. And so that was really hard because I really wanted to nurse. And I know you're probably going to talk about breastfeeding later, but my milk just wasn't coming in because of that placenta that was still inside of me. My body still thought I was pregnant, you know, and so that was really painful. But once that happened, uh, once I had that DNC, you know, from what I remember from the blur of 20 years ago, <laughs> I think it all went pretty well. I don't know. Well, that's all you knew. You so, didn't know any different. Yeah, because it was your first, like, I, I think about how big pregnant moms of twins look like yeah. like you, you probably did you notice how big you were were you big I wasn't and that was that was another thing that kind of scared me through it I mean they ended up being five pounds a piece and I got to um you know two weeks away from my due date so I got pretty far but like I measured small and I just uh, and my my sisters both measure small too but then they had like nine pound babies so it's just where we tuck these babies. I don't know. We tuck them under our rib cage or something weird. Cause we just, I just measured, they kept saying, Oh, you're measuring really small. And so that made me scared, but you know, yeah. you find out, well, that's just, that's just how we do it. Well, that just, that just dispels a myth that I think I was believing is that you always go really, really big. Right. And your skin is extra stretched and all not that. That's not true. Right. Necessarily. You know, one thing when you were talking about the, the set that was a Macaulay. Macaulay. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I do remember about that? One of the things I remember besides being like, I can't believe that just happened, was that mom had the most chapped lips. Do you remember that? <laughs> like all the pictures of her, I'm like, run some Vaseline from that woman. Like she looks, you go back and look at pictures of her right when she had that baby and she's on every newscast everywhere and her lips looked horrible. And so I don't know. We're over here dying. Oh We're in the car rolling. Of all the things, of all the things. No, I don't remember the chapped lips. That's you go back and look. It is painful to look Aww. at. Well, she probably had some huge deficiency in her body poor, because of all the poor thing. But somebody keeping all them alive. Like what? Does she not have a friend, a sister who could just say? <laughs> somebody smear something right there. Help her out. <laughs> oh my word! Yeah. Oh shoot. Oh. Okay, so Lindsay, according to Abby, your your babies were about the same size. You said five pounds something too. Five pounds, five ounces. So how yes. how big were you? Um, I, you know, I. I got big, but a lot of people were surprised when I told them I was having twins. And you're tall, so you um, probably hit it, you know. Yes, yes. I, at one point, had one um, with their head up in my rib cage, dancing on my bladder, and the other kicking my rib cage. Because <laughs> <laughs> one was breech and the other wasn't, and that was 
real fun. I would like push a head down out of my rib cage to try to just breathe for a few minutes. So yes, they got all just tucked up in there anywhere they could fit. So if you're gaining 30 pounds in a pregnancy, if I'm gaining 30 pounds in a pregnancy, are you gaining 60? No, I, I gained about 35. Oh, wow. Goodness. But I actually started losing weight at the end of my pregnancy because they were literally eating me. (laughs) What we do for our children. I know. I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> really... So, okay, in all fairness, we have to ask you, Abby, how much did you gain? Do you remember? I, yeah, I mean, I think if I remember correctly, it was like 30, 35 pounds. I gained more with Knox. Myth number two dispelled. What in the world? That you just gained like a ton of weight. Probably, I think every Monday night, Brent brought me home a banana split. And um, that's what I remember. So that's probably why I'm getting so much with Noxie. That was that was with Nox, not with the girls. Yeah, well, I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't know. I mean, they probably are. They're doing their share of eating everything you put in there. Right. So. Well, and I will say, probably the last six weeks, I lived on smoothies from Smoothie King. I probably kept them in business because there was no room for my stomach, and so I couldn't get enough food in, like calories to feed all of us and so that probably contributed some because I wasn't eating much because I would take like three bites of a sandwich and be full oh gosh I hadn't thought about your organs are smashed up in there did you go full term I only made it to 34 weeks in five days and so it's amazing my girls were perfect and needed no NICU time it was totally a god thing because they were ready to go home before me Mm. wow I was like you can take them back for one more day please so, okay, yeah. that's another, let's go to the delivery then. Did you have a C-section? Or I had to have a C-section because Quinn was breech and she oh. was baby A. Okay. Baby A, they call them A and B. A and B. And A is <laughs> the one that's going to be born first. Okay. In fact, when they did the C-section, I made sure they were going to pull them out in the same order because we'd already assigned names and I didn't think I would get attached, but I knew where they were in my body. And so I'd already Aww. attached the names to them and I needed to know it wasn't going to switch. Oh, oh, I love that. That's cool. Although That's they really could sweet. have done it and I wouldn't have known. <laughs> so you went in knowing you were going to have to have a C-section because there was no way. Right. Okay. Right. And there's no way to f- flip a breach of a twin? Well, if baby A is fine, then there's a chance that once that baby is born, they can flip baby B around. Okay. And do it that way. But my water broke. So they did one last ultrasound to see if um, Quinn had flipped and she had not. But I wasn't surprised. I don't know how she could have. There was no room. (laughs) (laughs) Right. They're jammed up in there. Like the clowns in the car at the circus. (laughs) That's a great great visual there. Yikes. So Abby, did you have a C-section? No. I did okay. not. Okay. Um, yep, they just squirted right out. And so, but you know, of course, you still have to. Uh, they still made me deliver in the OR because of that chance. That I mean, because they were both in position, so I was really fortunate. But um, they still, there was like I don't know, fourteen people in that room who all took a look at them and then charged us like three thousand dollars a piece or something. Exactly. <laughs> you know, just they'd be like, yeah, they're fine. But they they were little. But you know, I, I'm like Lindsay. Like I just I got to take them home at the end, so I felt really fortunate that. Um, Lucy was 414 and Ella was five pounds. And we have this uh, video that we made, you know, that Brent had like a camcorder out back in the day because nobody had smartphones. But in of uh, me and the with my puffy lips, not chat, but puffy lips because I was still so swollen or whatever after having them when they wheeled me out to the car after I'd given birth. And Brent was making a video of it. And one of the nurses was like, I mean, they were two pounds, I mean, two ounces different. So not different that much. But one of the nurses, there's, she says, this one got all the nutrients. And so we always say that because <laughs> Ella has continued to be taller than Lucy. So we're always like, she got all the nutrients. <laughs> we have a video of a nurse saying that. I'm like, come on. Two, two ounces. <laughs> oh, that's oh, funny. That is funny. Oh, so, so yeah. Did you know, did, did you find out the genders? Yes. Um, it was a complete shock that we were having twins. But Seth laughed and I cried. Um, I, they are the best gift I never knew I wanted, but I walked around the first five months of my pregnancy going, who thinks this is a good idea? <laughs> so, so there were so many already surprises. I, I, needed, I needed to know because I needed to know what to, what to buy yeah. and what to expect. And so I was like, we are finding out as soon as we can. <laughs> and they were both girls. Did you yeah. know, Abby, that they were girls? Yes, I I for sure felt that we were having a boy and a girl, and I don't know why. And so, um, 
So, and I had had the name Ella since when, since I was in like the name Ella Gale because it's named after my two best friends from high school. And so I'd had that name like forever. And so I just kept saying to Brent, like, we need a boy name, you know, before we found out. And so I really liked the name Sam. And so I was like, I like that. I like Sam and Ella, Sam and Ella, Sal Manila. And so then we took that out. <laughs> oh, can't time. do that. No. <laughs> But then it turned out we didn't need it because then when we did the ultrasound, you know, and found out that it was, um, that it was two girls, then Brent just came home one day and said, Lucy. And I was like, all right, that sounds great. So you knew because you found out together, surprise, surprise at the ultrasound. Lindsay, did you find out before Seth? No, we went together. We were together too. So especially when we found out we were having twins, he came to, to every appointment with me. We got an ultrasound every appointment, which was great because that was the only way to make sure both had steady heartbeats. Because okay. you couldn't just, they were afraid if they just did the monitor, what if they got the same baby twice? So that was nice. So he wanted to come and see every yeah, time too. swimming around in there that's and then see him wedged in there. And oh, that's fun. That's so fun. Did, so you had extra ultrasounds. Was it, is that always considered a high risk pregnancy to have twins? I don't know. I, I, can't, I don't know if it's high risk, but definitely, I, I think they definitely treat you differently. Because I mean, I was only 26. And so it wasn't like I was, you know, considered old to be having a baby mm-hmm. so but I, they still kind of I don't know because you did have those ultrasounds all the time and then I didn't have to deliver in a different place but I didn't have to go see a specialist I didn't either oh interesting okay some I've heard that sometimes you automatically get referred to a specialist but I guess not not in your case yeah very cool so okay so yeah. they, when they arrive this is the first thing I always think of is like how would you nurse two humans? Like nursing one was epically hard. And so Abby, you said you were having trouble. Did you end up nursing them after your procedure? I did. I I was so afraid I wasn't going to be able to. And then, you know, after they put you out for a DNC. And so I had to like pump and dump, you know, for a little while because of, you know, being put under. And so, but then my milk came in. I mean, I could have fed the town by the <laughs> yep. time, you know, once it came in. And so I um, had a special pillow. I think it was maybe called my breast friend. It was. <laughs> it was. They still make those. Oh, yeah. come on. The cover on it had a bears on it, but they kind of look like the bears that are the um, Grateful Dead bears. And I don't think they meant to do that, but it was like made in some other place. But anyway, this is back before you can find everything online like you can now. But it was made so that they it kind of curved on the edges so you could put both babies in a football hole. So I just like plug them both in and read a book. So that's what I would do. I mean, and so I couldn't like like nurse on the fly. Right. You know? So I couldn't do like I would do later on with Knox where I would just, you know, drape something over me. I had to like disrobe. I had to take all my clothes off. And so I did, and we didn't have a TV in our bedroom, didn't have a smartphone. So that's really when I began to really love to read because I didn't have anything else to do and they just loved to nurse. So I just, and I, I kept a chart, which who started on the right, who started on the left. And I just plug them in there. And that's what we so do then you switch the them later on. Well, I was always afraid that maybe the, the words of that nurse were echoing in my ear of she got all the nutrients that, you know, once I would produce more and if I always started like Lucy on the left, let's say an L on the right, then, you know, cause, cause you do produce more usually on more on one side than the other. And so I just would switch them back and forth and I kept track of like their, their poops and their peas, because you also think you, you're getting up in the middle of the night, you're changing a diaper. You, 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 if when you have one, you think, Oh, I remember you had that blowout last night. Well, the next morning you, if you have twins, you're like, I don't remember who, I don't remember who had that. Yeah, poop no. now. Maybe she hasn't pooped in a week. Oh no. What you know? So you have to write it down. I mean, I, they're almost 20. I still keep up with their poops. And peas. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they love that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So what about oh. you, Lindy? Did you nurse? Did you try to nurse? Um, I did. They, the lactation consultant said I had to pump the first, I don't know, week to 10 days because they, because they were preemie, they wouldn't draw my milk in. So I did that. Um, and then I nursed kind of the same football hold or one at a time, just depending on how they were doing. Um, I only made it a little over a month because I developed postpartum depression. Um, and I learned after the fact, when I went to my doctor, she's like, yeah, that happens to about 85% of moms that have multiples. And I was like, it might have been nice to know that beforehand. <laughs> and that was one of the things it just, I started like, I was ambivalent yeah. about the girls. I took care of them. It was anything, but I just, I didn't have those maternal feelings at all. And so when I stopped breastfeeding and we did all of that, like I was much more present, everything came back. Um, and so, you know, I, I wish I could have done it longer, but I'm, 
I felt like it was more important for my girls to have me than for me to just be like a milk cow. Absolutely. And that's such good information for people who are listening yeah. to know that there's that, that is such a high chance of that mm-hmm. and that um, you need to do what you do to take care of yourself. I would imagine just sleep alone. I mean, with one, oh. you're exhausted for months on end. With two, it's got to be. Like you said, you can't remember anything in the night. Everything's a blur. Everything. Every mom of twins I've talked to really doesn't have much to say about the first year because it's it's just so much. It's so much. So, uh, so it's so overwhelming. And you know, I think about there was a time Lucy really wasn't gaining weight as fast as Ella was, and she had like some really bad um, like acid reflux issues. And so I remember one time I was so. I was so worried about her that I told Brent I wanted to take her to Kroger and put her on one of those scales, like for produce. <laughs> and Brent had to like had that look in his eyes, like when you look at a crazy person. And so he was like, you know, we could just go to the office at the where they put babies on scales because he's a pediatrician, there. right? <laughs> an actual pediatrician. I'd have thought of that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I I I look back on that and I realize. Um, that that was obviously not a great idea and but but it shows like the struggle and i didn't have family in town like we lived in memphis where brent was in school and so i didn't have any family in town and um i didn't have like a mom i could be like can you come stay the night or you know a grandma or something but um so yeah i mean wow. it's, you don't know you need help i mean i'm so impressed with you Lindsay, that you were able to get the help you needed at that moment because I think it's easy just to go I'm just I'm a failure as a mom I just need to try harder you know but um that's not always the case well, but Abby you get all of my respect because I lived near family like for me I'm like it was a three-person job mm-hmm. that first six weeks and my mother was that third person and so that was huge and then having a lot of family in town um at the time was nice because they would come they wanted to see the babies they would hold a baby it was great most of the time i was just starved for attention they'd be like why don't you go take a nap or take a shower and i'm like please just talk to me because i never get to go anywhere and i want to talk to an adult (laughs) and so i was really blessed in that area to have a whole bunch of help the first 10 months of their life Wow. So hats yeah. off to you. Uh, <laughs> but what a sweet memory that you have with the girls don't remember it, but you remember it. Right. Like that time with your family together. Like that's so special. Mm-hmm. It is. It is it's really it's, special. She can lean on them. So um, we talk a lot about on our podcast about how important routines are, how important schedules are, um, sleeping, waking, eating and all the things. Surely with two, you can't not have a schedule, right? Oh, I lived by a schedule. <laughs> I, I would. I thought that about you, Lindsay. It's just something about you. You get me. You complete me. Yeah. So I don't know if I would have been quite as rigid if it's just one. I don't know. It would have been my first child. Maybe I would have been. Um, but I, like Abby was saying, I wouldn't remember who went to the bathroom when or who ate how much when if I didn't keep a chart because it's in the middle of the night and you're like, I don't remember. Did I change this child or did I change the other one twice? And so it was... And also then that meant when people did come help me because I had that, they knew where we were yeah. in, in yeah. feedings and in diaper changes. And so that really helped a lot too. Did you have to get a bank loan for diapers or what? I, gosh, that's so expensive. It's a lot. So Abby, you seem kind of like a very laid, laid back, go with the flow kind of a person. Did you have a schedule or routine? Yes, we definitely did. Because I think, um, you know, Brent, was at a place in his career where he was spending the night every fourth night at the hospital. So he'd work all day, all night and all the next day. And so, and then not having family in town, I knew it was like, I mean, I remember specifically remembering laying the girls, like they both were crying much. They were, you know, newborn, little bitty, laying them on my bed and looking at them and just crying and saying, I'm so sorry. I'm your mom. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I got to get, I got to get this together. So I, I couldn't be loosey goosey. And usually like it, to be honest, like in, as a teacher, uh, in the classroom, I, I'm all about like, um, there's a procedure for everything. There's a procedure for how you go to the bathroom. There's a procedure for where the trash can goes, you know, like there's a procedure for everything. And so, and I'd already been a teacher before I was a mom. So I, I think I translated that into it. They, I get comfort out of schedules. And so I, um, I had them, you know, and, and when it was just the three of us, I didn't have to work around anybody else's deal. You know, so it was like, this is the time of day when we walk around the neighborhood. This is the time of day when you take a nap so I can, you know, do a load of laundry or whatever. So, I mean, we, I ran a pretty tight ship. Yeah. I would think that you would have to, I think that would help you. I mean, 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, those schedules also helped me getting them to eat at the same time and sleep at the same time. And so it wasn't like I got zero downtime because they were opposite of each other. Yeah. I can't imagine. Oh, that's really wise. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I just, I I've took a lot of comfort in a routine, mm-hmm. just knowing like how to predict what my baby might need just based on what time of this, the day it is based on what we'd already done. But I can see how it's just critical for twins. Yeah. Critical. Yeah, especially for the for the feeding part, I think, because like Lindsay's saying, if if you make them, if they're eating every two hours and he, and she eats at two and then she eats at three, that means you're doing it. I mean, you that's just all you do. <laughs> Get them close together when they eat, then that makes a huge yeah. difference. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ah. Um, so did they sleep together? Did you put them in different beds or did they sleep together? Was it bad? Would it have been bad to have them sleep together, Lindsay? I put mine in um, either for a while rock and play side by side and then their cribs were side by side I didn't put them in the same bed because um my lactation consultant was like militant and she would tell these horror stories about one twin smothering the other and I just uh, with the anxiety and everything else going on I was like when they were awake or I could watch them I'd put them together because they liked being yeah, together that's what they know. but I would never like overnight sleep I was like you have to sleep apart because I can't <laughs> um but during the day I'd put them in the same pack and play and those kind of things because they liked being beside each other uh-huh. yeah. what did you find Ab? Um, I'm, I was the same way. I mean, they had two separate cribs and uh, when they got old enough to like cool themselves up, they loved to like, like play peekaboo with each other and, you know, and like pop up and down and, and make each other crack up and stuff like that. And it was funny because we could hear them on the monitor and we knew their laughs were so different. We could tell who was making who laugh, which was fun. But the only time I really remember having them in the same bed was in the hospital and they brought in two of the um, what are they incubator type, you know, things that they roll in and, and they were just so unhappy. But when we put them together, they just tucked right. They just started spooning. They just tucked right into each other and they were happy, but we didn't really do that as much. I mean, I probably like Lindsay saying when they're awake, I mean, they needed, they just wanted to be within touching distance of each other all the time. Mm-hmm. That is so sweet. I think I, I sent you something a while back, Abby, it's been a couple months, but, um, it, it was actually something, these two twins who are now in their 30s now, I think, who were like that. They were in incubators in the hospital and apart. One of them was not doing well. In fact, they thought they were going to lose the one. And uh, the nurse at the kind of last minute put them in there together. And the stronger one reached over. And they have a, this picture that will just melt your heart of the one twin putting her arm around the other one. And immediately heart rate went up, blood pressure went up, all the vital signs increased and she lived and they, that changed medicine. Okay, now um, we're all crying. We're all crying. <laughs> oh, it's just oh, like what they needed was that, they, I think they call it a resuscitation hug or something like that. And it's just what they do now in, for twins who are in distress. So I just wow. love that. Love that. Beautiful. Which kind of moves us into this bond that they have. Yeah. And you see, um, but you're, you're describing two different laughs, distinctly different laughs, Abby. Um, could you see their personalities right. and temperaments um, b- like emerging really soon and being very different or similar? Absolutely. Like it was, it's funny because they would go in, they would go in spurts as they became like toddlers and, and um, little kids where one would be more dominant than the other. But um, when Lucy was for a long time, Lucy had like a little bit of a, a, not like a major speech disorder, but she would have a hard time saying, well, bless her, L's and R's. So Lucy Wassel, she had a hard time saying that. And so, so Ella would just kind of be the spokesman for the two of them. And I would see that where Ella was kind of the dominant person. And then as they became older, like as teens and stuff, then Ella began to embrace her introvert and, and was just like, I don't, I don't want attention. Like, like, you know, obviously they have the same birthday. And so if, they would have their birthday a lot of times while we'd be at church camp and we would want to bring a cake for them. And Ella would have to go into the kitchen and cry because she didn't want everybody to look at her. And Lucy's like, I'll stand on the <laughs> table. I'll do whatever, you know? So their personalities really from the beginning have been so different. And so in my head, and because they look so different, I mean, when they were little, Lucy had real dark hair. She looked quite a bit like me. And then Elle looked more like my Brent sister. She had blonde hair and she was taller. In the nursery, we would say little Lucy and yellow Ella for them to remember who was who. And it wasn't because they looked like it was just to remember which name, go which person. But they just, I always think of them as just sisters who have the same birthday because they are so different. So different. And, okay, Lindsay, so your case, you have identical ones. 
Does that mean they have identical personalities too? Oh, goodness, no. They are night and day different. <laughs> That's what I tell people. If you spend enough time with them, you'll be able to tell them apart. You may confuse which name goes with which, but you'll be able to tell that they are very different people. Um, they were both easy babies, but there were two of them, which is what made it hard. Right. So in the beginning, it was it was kind of hard to tell them apart. They cried when they needed things. But um, as they got a little bit older, you could kind of see Quinn was a bit more laid back. But if she got hungry, she was hangry. And Eden was a little bit more chill when it came to that stuff. But she always reacted faster and bigger. But that was like, you know, she she giggled harder. But she also cried louder. And so you could kind of, whereas Quinn would be like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> kind of going on. how did you, when they're naked babies laying there in the bathtub or whatever, how did you keep them straight? I painted their toenails different colors. Oh, I love it. That's so practical. <laughs> The, the bottle that was like safe for um, infants it, or the package, it came with a purple and a green. And I was like, okay, Seth, who are we assigning which color to? So we decided to give Eden green because they both have two E's. And so then that was their color scheme, basically um, purple and green or purple and pinks and greens and yellows for Ever, because then we could just identify by clothes. I got anklets with their names woven into them mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> until I could finally start to see those subtle differences. So now that they're seven, are there days when you don't know who they are? Oh, no. I, sometimes I forget they're identical twins. They look so different to me. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. But others... They, they, they have given up trying to trick me. Cause I'm like, you don't fool mom. <laughs> <laughs> and it. they'll turn around backwards and like, okay. And I'm like... Uh-uh. Uh. <laughs> Even from the back, you know the difference. That's yes. awesome. <laughs> oh. But and then I'm reminded because other people are like, how do you tell them apart at all? And so then I'm like, oh, okay, they still are. <laughs> yeah. So when they look at each other, do they see the same? They do. In fact, I get so tickled that sometimes they can't tell me who is who in a photo of them together. But they're used to just always looking at their sister. Yeah. And so I, you know, I'll be like, okay, which one are you in this photo? And they're like, uh, and they just guess like everybody else does. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Did you dress them alike or do you dress them alike? Uh, they have their own opinions now. So mm -hmm. they decide that. I did not when they were infants. I would do like same but different colors or different right. patterns because I needed to be able to tell them apart. When they were about two and three, I dressed them the same more because if we were out somewhere, I needed to be able to look for one outfit. So if they were oh, going different directions, smart. I still just had to look for one outfit. <laughs> That's so, a brilliant. She's all about some efficiencies. I know, I'm here but for it. I mean, it's safety, <laughs> health and safety. So smart. <laughs> I love that. Listen, if we wanted to go anywhere, we ha I had to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, you had said, I think I mentioned this later, but you said one of the things that's super hard about being a mom of twins is that you it's really hard to go out anywhere with them, especially as babies. But I would imagine ever... Well, right, because you're people. not you're not gonna you know in the beginning you're not gonna nurse in public like Abby was saying. So you know when we could do bottles, it's a little bit easier. But by the time you get everybody changed and everybody dressed and everybody ready to go, then it's time for somebody to eat again or different things or just and you finally get you know two infant carriers in the car and you're gonna go do something and you just cannot go anywhere without being noticed and people you know you get stopped on every aisle of the grocery store sometimes twice people have five thousand questions and i'm going listen i got a finite period of time to get my grocery shopping done <laughs> before these babies need things again and so it just got to where it wasn't worth it and i would just wait and do a lot of things after seth got home so okay note to people in public these moms are having a hard enough time as it is just walk by and say beautiful babies honey you're so blessed. Have a great Have day. <laughs> Don't ask to touch them or hold them or ask all the questions that are mostly inappropriate anyway. Yes. So <laughs> we don't need to ask all those things. So yeah, Lindsay helped us out here. She got on her Moms of Twins, um, one of her groups, and just said, hey, what are some of the questions you get asked when mm -hmm. you're out and about? So we have a fun little list here. Yeah, see if you recognize any of these. Well, the first one, are they twins? <laughs> Now, okay, with the identical, that seems ridiculous. But, but Abby, did you get that a lot? Yes. Uh, one time I remember a woman asked me, are they twins or are they just a couple months apart? Well, and I was uh, like, well, until I heard Bonnie's story, I was like, well, let me tell you, here's this chart on how um, nine-month pregnancy works. So, yeah, okay, yeah. but we just learned about superfetation, remember, at the very beginning. So 
That's so. right. <laughs> so how about, are they are they identical? Because all twins are identical. I don't, twins are just fascinating to people. Well, that was a fair question for me. Yes. When they asked, I'm like, okay, well, that one makes sense. I'm tired of being asked that. But yes, but that's when a fair babies, question. I mean, all babies look alike. So you put three of them in a basket and oh, they all look identical to me, right? I can't tell them apart. <laughs> True. Um, how about, can you tell them apart? You heard that one? Are they natural? Okay, that's a funny one to me. <laughs> I get that one too. And, and I'm guessing they're asking, are they asking us if these are test tube babies or are they asking us if these are like, if I had a vaginal delivery? Because I do not. <laughs> no, no. Those are two separate questions. <laughs> You've had them both. The are they natural is, did you just have them or did you have to do fertility treatments or IVF? Because apparently if they're natural, it's way more interesting. Cooler. Yeah. Exciting. And Spin the so, wheel. One and, then, and then it's, did you have a natural birth or a C-section? You, that's a separate question. Oh. Right. Oh, and truly all of those are probably nanya. So, right. well, sitting in a setting like this is one thing, but when a stranger stops you when you're trying to do something, I'm like, you're just looking for your package of green beans. Right. That's and all like, you want. Hey, tell me about all your fertility treatments. <laughs> you're like, lady, step yeah. off. <laughs> well, and are they natural? I'm like, this one is, that one's robotic. Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, they're people. <laughs> How about, did you get questions? Which one is your favorite? Or, or which one is smarter? Did yeah. you get those? I did. did. I do. I do. Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah. Inappropriate. <laughs> Rude. I think it's funny, Rude. but it's still not funny. <laughs> That's not okay. And they're hearing all that stuff. Being well, yeah, asked, they're old right? enough. They hear. Well, what are you what? supposed to answer to that? I, I'm like, what do you mean? Is one my <laughs> favorite? I'm like, they're very different, but that doesn't mean I love them differently. Yeah, you... um, um, how about? Are you going to have any more? Yeah, that's just always inappropriate. Period. No matter how many children, if you have zero. Are you going to have children? That's inappropriate. Are you going to have more? That's inappropriate. Yeah. Strike it off the list. (laughs) And listen, as someone who has been for sure certain someone was pregnant, never ask someone when they are due. Right. (laughs) Because I was wrong. (laughs) There's no coming back from that. There's not anything you can actually say to make them feel okay. There isn't. So, um, Lindsay, tell us some of the other maybe common comments or situations that you might run into. Things that are inappropriate. Yeah, that are you going to have more kids? And But then I would get that, surely you're done having kids. Like, oh. I've had twins, so I don't need to have any more. Um, Abby, I don't know. I heard a lot, uh, double trouble or better you than me. And I'm like, <laughs> no, they're, they're blessings. I didn't know it, but they are. But they're both sitting there in that cart, and they're like, oh, here comes double trouble. I'm like, you don't need to know. <laughs> Back it off, mister. It's usually an old man who says that. You know what I mean? And so. Right. We've talked about some of the others. For me, I only tried to go to the grocery store with them a couple of times because of getting stopped every aisle. But it was like, unless I wanted to push my double stroller and drag my shopping cart, there the infant carriers would take up the whole cart. When they got older, I got thrilled to go places like um, Sam's Club and Target and Publix. They have seats for two kids, and those were a lifesaver. Shout out to Sam's Club, Target, (laughs) and Publix. I remember that, even with a toddler and a newborn. I would put the basket in the, the newborn carrier, whatever, in the place where you push and then the toddler got to sit in the basket and by the end they're freezing because all the frozen stuff is on top of them anyway you know (laughs) so having two what good is that in the cart it's already full what were some other challenges Lindsay, that you had um well one of the things that i've still experienced and a lot of it was because we moved several times when they were young but you move somewhere and you're just the twins mom People don't really remember your name. They don't really know much about you. They recognize you because you're the twins mom, but it was a little bit, it was like my identity get lost into theirs being rolled together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people will call them the twins and I'm like, they're two separate people, but simultaneously while they're combining them together, they're also comparing them to each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, there's so much just, comparison around them all the time that that was like at least then if you're going to do that make them individual people (laughs) that's 
an interesting yeah. thing. Did you have that a lot, Abby? Oh, yeah. And I think people would refer to them as the twins, or they would say Ella Lucy. Like they'd say without an and. I noticed like it was just like one long word. And I think there was a time, I mean, when my girls were the age that Lindsay's girls are, I, th- I don't think they minded being twins. I think they still, they were each other's best friends. But we got to a point maybe a little bit before teen, little preteen, where they both would separately tell me, I hate being a twin. And, um, and they just, they just really hated being compared to each other. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I, I grew up with a sister who's just two years older than me. And, and we went to a small private school and, you know, whatever. And so I knew a little bit of, of that, but I think it was, it was even more when you're the exact same age. And so, um, it's hard because you feel like if you praise one, then it's like, you're saying you're, you're dissing on the other one. Like if you can say, I love your drawing and they're like, but mom, worry about my drawing. You know, everything is, feels like a competition. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it, it became important for us to create a lot of space for them from each other, a lot of time away from each other. And um, I know you're probably going to get into this later about school, but um, that was a place for them to kind of spread their wings and be themselves separately away from each other. I would imagine, like Lindsay said, about mom's identity is just the twins' mom. Well, their own identity, especially moving into middle school, older, that's when they're actually trying to establish their identity and they're sick of it just being, well, I'm the twin. I want to be my own person. So I can, I can see where that would be a little bit of a resentment. Uh, when they were younger, um, especially we moved to Raleigh when they were 11 months old, um, finding a babysitter, people are intimidated by twins and they just don't want to. <laughs> so Thanks. It, I, that I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> so it was really hard to get a babysitter till they got older. And then when I was trying to get us out of the house more as they got older, like I couldn't go to any of like the mommy and me classes because they wanted a one-to-one ratio. And so it really limited the outings and activities that we could do Mm. um, and also made it much harder to get. Well, Seth was working all the time, so it was harder to get like one-on-one time with them, which I do feel like I missed even from when they were infants, that one-on-one bonding um, that you can get. It was always one-to-two. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be a particular challenge. I hadn't thought about that. But in fairness, it's all they know. They, yeah, they don't know any yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> They're good with that, probably. Yeah, I'm thinking but as a mom, you would feel that. Mm. So it is worth talking about school because it sounds like you both have done similar things with your girls for school. Um, we did. We put them in separate classes as pre-K is kind of a litmus test. Gotcha. But then COVID happened. And so when they started kindergarten and even again in first grade, I wanted them in the same class because God did not make me to be a teacher. And if they were going to be quarantined, I needed to be able to teach the same worksheets, the same (laughs) lessons, the same at the same time. And also it cut down on our chances of being quarantined. If they were in separate classes, it doubled our chances. And since I had some control over that, um, we did, I've done it that way the the last two years. All right. What did you do, Abby, with your girls? Well, luckily, we didn't have to worry about that when my girls were little and all this crazy COVID stuff. But um, that totally makes sense, Lindsay. But so usually at most schools, the policy is to separate them unless you ask them to be together. And so they were they were separated, you know, from the get go in kindergarten and on. And then when they were um, they went through fifth grade at our elementary, just just down the road from us, the public school. And then. In fifth grade, Lucy started showing some signs of some anxiety related to school. And so we felt like it would be good for her to go somewhere smaller for middle school, which because middle school is already (laughs) so hard. And so um, we sent her to private school where she could be one of like 50 kids in her grade. And then we gave Ella the option, but she opted for the big middle school that was just down the road, you know, was also public school. So at that point, they, ever since then, they've been in different schools. And so, um, and it's, it's been good for them because they would say separately that their friends would be like, your sister's your twin? I didn't even know you had oh. a twin. You know, especially oh. now that they're in colleges in different states. I mean, like, unless there's a good friend, they don't even know. They might see it on their Instagram. Oh, she has this sister or whatever, but they would never know they were twins since they don't look alike. And so, they are so different, like any siblings are. They're just different. You're not going to have kids that do the same thing. And so them being at different schools, they were able to expand their friend groups. And then they would have common friends, too, of course, like at church. And so they would have times when they'd come together, but they also had times when they were separated. And and because there was a time where there was a lot of um, around the time when they were teen, preteen, where they 
they resented each other because, and they didn't get along in a lot of ways. And so um, they stopped sharing a room. You know, we were able to put them in different rooms, which helped some. But then what was so sweet is just before they went to college, so they're class of 2020. So they were in that class where they didn't get to do a lot of their senior stuff. That summer before they went off to separate colleges was so sweet because then it's like they, they started to enjoy being together again. They were able to be old enough to, to appreciate the differences instead of look at them as you're better than me at this. And mm. I hate that, you know, and they mm. just started to kind of embrace those differences. It's not that they never squabble anymore, but they've come to, it's like we've kind of come full circle almost with their relationship, which has been really sweet to watch. I love that. That's a great just word of encouragement for a mom of siblings who are close in age or siblings. Yeah. Um, in general that I'm appreciating hearing all of this <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> yeah. That, that life is long and there are different stages of our relationships with our siblings. Mm-hmm. How beautiful that they were learned, learned to appreciate each other. And that summer before that's so sweet. So you, so you've been through driving and braces and ACTs and all you, they're at different colleges now you said. So how was that two at the same time? Well, I think, like, I look back on it, and I think, even going back as far as, like, potty training, let's say, so when you have twins, a lot of times, like we're saying with nursing and stuff, you want them to do stuff at the same time, because it makes it easier, and sometimes you can do that, but sometimes you just really can't, so, like, with potty training, one was ready, and the other one wasn't, so then I waited, and then later, the other one was ready, but then that first one wasn't, you know, and it was like, I should have just done it when one was ready, and so that kind of applies to, like, for instance, getting a driver's license. Ella is, is fairly independent and she went, I mean, she went on her, on their 15th birthday, she went and took that test and, and Lucy's like, well, I'm not ready. You know, she hadn't studied, whatever. So they, they did those things at different times and it's, it's inconvenient because nobody wants to sit in the DMV and wait hours <laughs> to take that test. But, you know, I mean, when is parenting ever convenient? So why would it start now? So you just kind of let them, you, you know, like, would it be easier if they did their college visits, you know, if we could coordinate it? Well, it would, and sometimes you can. But there's also things about, like, if, if she's not ready for some a new big step that the other one is, then you it's it can turn into a blessing because then you can really concentrate. Because, you know, it's like Lindsay was saying, like, when I found out we were having twins, I was naive enough not to worry about the things that maybe I should have worried about, you know, things about my health or I didn't know to worry about that. My first thought was, how am I going to have enough of me to give to them when they're babies? Because I had dreamt of being a mom for always and having that moment we cuddle with your newborn and all the things. And then how am I going to, are they going to be okay with 50% of me instead of 100% of me? And so, you know, you get to the point later where you realize I can give 100% today with this one because she's in the homecoming court and we're going to go shopping. And this one's not, but that's okay but this one is so we're gonna I get to focus on this one and so there'll be moments where you can really give her all that attention that you wanted to at the beginning and weren't able to because you were just trying to keep them alive (laughs) pretty much well that that brings up a question I had about um so what if yeah what if one gets invited to a birthday party and the other one doesn't that's exactly what I was just thinking what if one goes to prom and the other one doesn't then then what how do you navigate that definitely happens I mean and it it's not easy. You know, it's, it's, it really hurts when you see your kid being, you know, left out of stuff. And it, it's happened plenty of times. I mean, it was one good thing about them going to different schools is they wouldn't expect to be able to be invited to the thing at this school. That's not Ella's friends. Those are Lucy's friends, you know, so some of that, but so it didn't happen maybe as much as it could have, if they had always been at the same schools, there's always times where it's like, that's not fair. I mean, that's what you hear kids say all the time this something's always not fair and then you tell them a fair is a place where you go to ride rides they have to learn at a very young age yeah. that life is not fair and equal because they're happy so your girls i'm sure have had that happen Lindsay. they have but so far because they're young enough we've been able to navigate that in the same way when i had their birthday party um a mom said Um, I'd love to bring my daughter. I'm going to have to bring her younger brother too. Is that okay? And so in that sense, I can still be like, if one of them got invited, well, like play dates this summer, they were in the same class last year, but they had different best friends. So we did two different play dates over the summer. And I was like, I'm going to have to bring her sister along because they're not old enough to leave one at home 
or, you know, we don't have family that lives here. And so, uh, so far that's been fine. And a lot of times it was like, well, yeah, I'm going to have to bring her younger brother, her younger sister anyways. And so we haven't run into that challenge so far um, because everybody in our age, you know, with in their age has young kids, but those are challenges I see ahead of us because yeah. I can't always say, well, can the sister come too? Right. Right, right. And they're going to experience that so much when they, unfortunately, be a part of social media. So I feel like that happened more with my girls, not because they were twins, but just because they could see on Instagram that they weren't invited to that thing. And it had nothing to do with being twins, but they experienced that, which is always an opportunity to teach empathy because then you can say, remember how that felt? Let's not do this to this person, you know, but um, it's just a fact of life. Right. So in the end, we can ask you, because your girls are 20, Abby, do they like being twins? If you ask them today, do you like being twins? What would they say? Well, it's funny because we talked about that some over the, the holiday break, over Christmas break. We talked, we just, I don't know, the three of us got in a conversation about that. And I think they like it now because now it's like there's a novelty about it because they can be like, you know, I have a twin. Oh, that's cool, fun. But um, because it really has no bearing on their day-to-day what they're missing <laughs> out on. If that makes sense. And so, um, you know, if I made them have like a a Brady Bunch wedding and make them both get married on the same day, they might not like that. But future stuff, I, you know, I think at this point, you know, we always joke about how I bet you'll have twins and Elle will be like, oh, my goodness, I hope I don't have twins. You know, that kind of thing. But um, but I think at this point, I think they kind of like it now. I think they've gotten to that point. And, and I, I, I was honestly, when I found out that Knox was not a twin, I was a little disappointed. And of course, Brent was like, what is wrong with you? But I, I really, there's, there's something really sweet about having a sibling. And when you're born with one from the get go, you don't know any different. I think there's something sweet about it. And so, um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think they appreciate what it. About now. Yours, Lindsay? What would well, they say? You know, it's interesting to see what the future will hold, but I, I just asked them both independently because I was curious what they would say. Um, I didn't want them to feel pressured to say the same as each other. And they both said um, they love being a twin. Um, they love having someone to play with and who likes the same games. And I, I even asked them, I was like, well, but do you like sharing a birthday? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, well, do you like looking the same? Does that frustrate you? And they're both like, no, I love looking the same. I wouldn't want to look different. And I'm kind of surprised by all of these answers. Um, And then I was asking, well, do you get frustrated if people call you the wrong name? And they're like, no. In fact, they're getting to an age where they think it's fun to try to trick people and they're only seven. And so... I love it. Can they trick their teacher? I don't know if they do on purpose, but they can because just last week I had to um, talk to the teacher because she was going to give an award that belonged to Quinn to Eden because they got mixed up. <laughs> that is a negative of having them in the same class. <laughs> and to be like, uh, that award goes to Quinn, not Eden. And I don't know how to explain to Quinn why she didn't get it. Oh, no. And so... Um, I don't know that they did it on purpose. They think it's fun to try to confuse my dad and my father-in-law. They think that's really funny. <laughs> granddad's trick granddad. Um, so I am worried for when they get older that they will take advantage <laughs> yeah. of that. I, I think I get more irritated when people don't try to tell them apart if, if, if they're around each other a lot. Also, it's not fair because they're young enough that we're still trying to figure out what they like and you know what they want to do, do what sports do they like music and and so far it's all the same they both hated dance they both are loving basketball and so it's a little bit harder to try to figure out how can we have those differences but i do hope when they get older that they will have that because i i want them to be individual people yeah yeah when my girls were that age they were still all do i mean it would be like let's try dance, let's try gymnastics, let's try soccer. And they would do it together, partly because, you know, I mean, there's only so many hours in the day. And so I get that because it wasn't until later that my girls really started showing, you know, a real talent in one area versus another. But that's what early childhood so, is about. Yeah, trying out yeah, different things. So that's the way to do it. Well, they're definitely braver together, both for the good and the negative. <laughs> <laughs> Partner in crime, perhaps. Yeah. Oh. Which is a, that's just a good way to close. We, um, as I was thinking about how we would close this episode out, a verse from Ecclesiastes came to mind. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. And it's used a lot for weddings. Um, I think David and I used it in our wedding. And it, but it paints a beautiful picture of what life with a twin can Mm -hmm. be. 
So it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If they stumble, the first will lift up his friend. But woe to anyone who is alone when he falls, and there is no one to help him get up. Again, if two lie close together, makes me think of that picture, Bonnie, that you yeah. told us, they will keep warm. But how can only one stay warm? If someone attacks one of them, the two of them together will resist. Furthermore, the tri-braided cord is not soon broken. Love that. So there you go. that's a perfect way to end. I'll never Yay. think of that verse as only a marriage verse again, or yeah. just a friendship verse. I'll think of it in terms of twins, mm-hmm. too. Beautiful. Love that. Well, thank you guys both for being here with us today. Thank you for this having me. This was so me. fun. I love all the stories. <laughs> thank you for sharing your lives. And I know it will just, it'll be fun for our listeners to hear their fun stories, but then also just your wisdom that yep. you've learned through this journey that they can apply um, to their lives. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have the questions that we asked and answers to them on our website, justaskyourmom.com. Uh, you, we can also find us on Facebook at Just Ask Your Mom or Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. And we'd love for you to rate our podcast and leave a review. It helps people find us when they're looking for us. And send us your questions and topic suggestions. We love to get those from you and try to answer them. Just ask your mom podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, Just Ask, ask your, your Mom. mom.